Well, we're speaking to you as rolling power cuts hit South Africa once again, but also as the government and key decision makers meet in Egypt for COP27, the need for a renewable, decarbonized, decentralized energy supply that addresses climate change is critical and things need to happen. And it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Mohammed Ghanam, who's a managing partner of Baker McKenzie in Cairo. We've got Aludares in Boro, who's a partner at Aluka and Ayoboda in Nigeria with us. And then also Kieran White, who's a partner and head of energy, mining and infrastructure at Baker McKenzie in Johannesburg. Gentlemen, thanks very much for joining us. We're obviously speaking to you at a critical time. And maybe if we can start with you, uh, Mohammed, uh, from Egypt, where it's all happening, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with COP27 this year? And and I know you're in Egypt and you're, you, you know, you focused on Egypt and, and what the benefits are for Egypt, perhaps. But thank you very much for the intro. Uh, as you said, there's a lot uh, going on in Egypt right now in Sharm el-Sheikh. The city is buzzing with uh, world leaders and presidents and press and everybody. I think uh, COP27 gives Egypt and Africa as a whole a golden opportunity to be uh, in the center stage of the uh, this very important topic. Uh, reinforces, you know, the uh, continents uh, and Egypt, of course, commitment to the uh, Paris Convention and to the uh, National Climate uh, Change Strategy of 2050. I think climate change is becoming really uh, a very critical critical issue that uh, the common you know person is feeling it. We're, we're seeing all the changes. We're seeing all what's happening, uh, you know, in in the uh, agricultural and food security issues. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I think it's uh, it's a great opportunity to really bring the world's attention to this very important uh, aspect of our life and future generations. Uh, so that's that's really uh, what I think is is happening now. You know, for the first time in Egypt, and I think in Africa, we're seeing all this attention to climate change, which is becoming a real threat and also a real opportunity for, uh, for Egypt and Africa as a whole. Of course, at the conference, they're digging quite deep. You know, we've got issues like climate adaptation, climate financing is on the agenda, renewable energy, cutting greenhouse gas, obviously, as we know about, and also a lot of the challenges to the supply chains, food, agriculture, fossil fuels, you know, all of this coming under the glare and the spotlight of the world, as it were. You know, so uh, what is your, are your thoughts on some of these issues so far, um, as far as the discussions are going? Well, obviously, the uh, climate financing is, uh, is is extremely important. You know, uh, sure. Egypt and a lot of of countries need uh, very innovative ways of financing and support for their economies to really adapt and comply with uh, with these uh, commitments. Renewable energy is uh, is becoming a real thing. You know, we're seeing a lot of renewable energy projects in Egypt green hydrogen, uh, green ammonia, uh, all, all these initiatives are really picking up wind very quickly. Egypt has also passed uh, a lot of, uh, uh, of uh, initiatives and regulations that support the direction. So uh, in renewable energy, I think Egypt has uh, progressed a lot in the last uh, five years. Uh, we're seeing a lot of solar and wind projects across the country the you know the uh, energy mix is approximately now 20 percent coming mm -hmm. from renewable mm -hmm. and there's a very ambitious plan to uh, go up to 42 percent uh, in about 10 years from today 
so the entire you know uh, government is geared to support these projects there's also a very ambitious strategy for egypt to become a green hydrogen uh, and green ammonia hub in the um, in the suez area by the red sea so there's a very large plot of land allocated for uh, green energy and green uh, corridor as they call it and uh, there's actually right now as we speak in sharm sheikh about uh, five or six projects that are being materializing we're working on two of them right now and uh, there's a race you know to to sign agreements hopefully next week uh, so we see a lot of commitment we see, we see some serious you know financing uh, in, in that space and i think uh, there's more to come obviously you know, so we, the Egyptian government has passed, as I said, a number of regulations that gives tax incentives, tax breaks, uh, what they call the golden license, which is mm. one license, you know, global license that covers all what's needed for these projects. So there's a very serious attempt by the Egyptian government to uh, support and expedite uh, these projects. As I said, financing is, is a key issue for Africa as a whole, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that all this will materialize uh, very quickly. Thanks very much, Mohammed. Really great insights there. Really interesting to hear about all these interesting developments. And, and I particularly like the incentivizing of the energy transition. Sounds like your investment law there um, has thought of, uh, you know, quite a few of these scenarios. And if we could maybe move to Nigeria, and Aludare has, has joined us. And Aludare, we had Glasgow um, COP26 Maybe give us a bit of insight, a bit of backdrop on what Nigeria has done since COP26. Thank you very much for the introduction and thank you for having me. Um, I think in the, we, we need to look at Nigeria in the context of the fact that we are a country where we have, um, we have significant energy challenges from a um, from power perspective in the sense that we currently have less than 5,000 megawatts of power in a country where where what is required is is in um, multiples, hundreds of multiples of that. Yeah. We have huge gas reserves in Nigeria as well as a lot of other fossil fuel type fuels and um, and also coal reserves. However, Nigeria has been a country where we've had significant issues with um, climate impact issues, flooding in in several parts of the countries, even in places which on places which are on the coastline and other places which are not even on the coastline of the country. So um, climate change hasn't been something that we've actually really taken seriously until after COP26 last year. Mm. And at that point in time, the government then took a decision and made a commitment to target achieving a net zero emission target by 2060. And in, in doing that, they have actually started some tentative steps towards that. Um, certain legislative actions have been taken and a, a energy transition plan has also been um, launched by the government towards um, trying to reach a balance of achieving um, a net emission target, but also uh, maximizing the use of significant gas reserves and fossil fuel. And, and when it comes to the petroleum industry, I think there have been some developments as well recently. Yes. So as part of the energy transition plan that we, we have, which, which targets us trying to reduce uh, unconditionally our greenhouse gas emissions by 20% and also reducing uh, running to run factories, um, diesel engine generators running to run people's personal homes, and also people who, who, who fled gas 
on in the in the gas fields at the petroleum head. So part of the, the transition plan the government has put in place is to is to try to reduce the, the, the quantum of gas flaring, uh, penalize people who do gas flaring, provide incentives for people to monetize the gas reserves in Nigeria, improve our gas resources such that we can improve the capacity of our gas-fired power plants in Nigeria to improve the power supply in Nigeria. The, the other initiative that the transition plan also has is that it, um, the government has mandated the, the um, NNPC, that's the National Oil Corporation, which has now become a, private limited a, a public limited liability company, to achieve um, with, a, with an objective of pushing renewable energy projects in Nigeria from solar power, especially solar power projects, in order to generate power and reduce our reliance on fossil fuel as well as reduce our reliance on on diesel generators. So a significant investment is going to be made around the gas side of the business in gas infrastructure and especially gas to power type projects in gas infrastructure, pipelines, LLNG plants, mini LNG plants and things like that. Thanks very much, Aladara. Really interesting developments there in this drive towards the energy transition seems to be taking shape quite nicely. And, and, and so if we can move over to South Africa, and of course our president has been uh, speaking in Egypt recently and has been launching quite a substantive plan. And so if we, uh, Kieran White has joined us. Um, and Kieran, maybe if you can uh, just give us some insights on the latest developments, a, a lot happening as we speak. Yeah, morning everyone and happy to do so, Evan. So um, everything, as Mohammed has said, is concentrated around the uh, discussions and developments in Egypt. Um, people may recall that the Just Energy Transition Partnership committed to provide funding to South Africa for its transition. And now that has um, culminated in the uh, development of the investment plan yeah. that South Africa has put in place. And, and that's the acronym for that is JET, J-E-T-I-P. And this all is um, ties into the approved National Just Transition Framework that government has approved. And what this has got to do is got to bring South Africa um, up to its decarbonisation commitments while promoting sustainable development. Obviously, South Africa has introduced the concept of the Just, just Transition, mm -hmm. which is to take care of affected workers and communities. So it's going to be a whole society approach in order to achieve this. So it's going to focus around electricity, the diversification, the distribution of electricity. It's going to concentrate around the transport sector in the new uh, energy vehicles and a green hydrogen similar to uh, Egypt. So there's approximately uh, 98, uh, 98 billion US dollars is going to be required in the next five years very substantial, and this would allow South Africa to meet its nation, uh, nationally determined contribution on greenhouse emission reduction. So in electricity, we're going to see decommissioning of fossil plants. We're going to see those plants being repowered, repurposed, using new clean technology. The transmission grid's going to be strengthened, and they're going to uh, bring about a further expansion of the renewable energy procurement. In respect of transport, Obviously, it's going to be the decarbonisation of the automotive sector, and then we come to green hydrogen as well, which Mohammed has dealt with. But cutting across all that is the investment in skills development and to ensure that people have sufficient capacity. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, of course, putting this and the investments, putting this to work is going to be critical. And, and we hear this term, just 
transition, just energy. You mentioned jet, which is just energy transition. And then IP is the investment plan. But what is, I mean, what is this just transition? You mentioned some of the uh, community uh, sustainability factors. That, that all comes into it, right? Yeah, absolutely, Evan. So, so I think the first thing about the investment plan is to build economic and social resilience yep. in order to meet those national uh, uh, commitments that we have given. We then have to manage the transition risks and we have to ensure social preparedness as South Africa diversifies its energy mix and grows new industries. So what this is going to bring about, apart from bringing about the reduction of carbon emissions, we need to transition employment. We need to have a look at uh, the creation of green energy jobs. And this is going to change depending where we locate it because they're going to be impacted employees and impacted communities. And we also have to make sure we take care, we prepare, uh, we have the necessary social infrastructure to support. And, you know, this is uh, taking cognizance as well as the intergenerational effects that this is going to happen. So we're going to see a reskilling of the existing workforce. And, of course, we must also educate the future workforce. Yeah, no, that's fabulous. And and as we're speaking, and of course, there's a there's a holistic approach to this. The national development plan you mentioned. We've got a draft integrated energy plan. A renewable energy white papers come out. You know, there's a, a nationally determined contribution in this just uh, transition framework that was mentioned. You know, we've also got the renewable energy independent power producer procurement program that's coming through. You know, there's a national energy efficiency strategy, the green transport strategy, which was mentioned. There's talk of, uh, you know, Mpumalanga land being auctioned um, by ESCOM, uh, which is part of a diversified energy mix. And then amendments to the Electricity Regulation Act as well coming through. So there's a hell of a lot happening. I mean, maybe just in conclusion, Kieran, just to wrap up um, that holistic approach. I mean, it, it, it looks like all the elements are there. It's now about implementation. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously important to have the foundation legislative frameworks in place because we have to ensure that this whole transition is well managed as we transition. Yeah. to a urban low um, life that we all want to live. And that's all going to be determined by the energy and climate policies that are in place or that are still under development. And there can be no trade-off between tackling climate change and supporting economic growth. So in yeah. order to ensure a sustainable future, not only for South Africa, but for the world and to make it a reality, we have to make sure that everything is interconnected, interdependent and um you know, it's, it, it's, it's a whole society approach. It's not just the generator or the transmitter or the uh, distributor or the automotive, uh, aut- uh, automotive sector. It's all totally integrated and uh, it all has to tie in with the climate change bill. It has to tie in with the taxonomy that needs to be created around this and the opportunities that obviously green hydrogen produce as well. And they, the Green South Africa introduced the, green, uh, the Hydrogen Society Roadmap, um, which is a, an important uh, marker on the pathway to decarbonisation. Brilliant, Kieran. Thanks for that. And, and just, uh, Aludare, if you want to jump in there on Nigeria and the renewable distribution sector as well. I mean, a, a lot of development there uh, as well, right? Yeah, so one of the positive actions of Nigeria, which is we, we believe will lead to significant investments, is that the Electric Sector Power Reform Act, which is the principal and law on our power sector, is currently under review with potential yeah. amendments to be made to, those, to that legislation. 
And one of the significant amendments is a requirement that the distribution companies and companies who distribute power in Nigeria are required to buy at least between 20 to 30 percent of their power requirements from renewable energy sources. So what that will do is that it will push a lot of demand and requirements for us to have sustainable renewable energy projects in Nigeria, from solar panels, from solar power to um, potential gas and other, other types of projects. And uh, we, uh, a significant requirement for funding in that area. And we have actually seen some development of funding being provided by the AFDB and infrastructure funds into this area already, whereby significant projects in the renewable energies are being um, pushed. And significant companies are also looking to establish and build local solar panels, batteries in Nigeria in order to help um, grow this, this sector. So we do believe that uh, in trying to address the climate change in Nigeria, there's potential for significant improvement in our power sector over the next couple of years, and also potential for significant investments in different parts of the value chain. Thank you. Well, Mohammed, Dara and Kieran, thanks very much for joining our panel on energy and the just energy transition. Great to, to hear about what's happening on the ground and, and all the developments that are taking place and also the challenges that need to be overcome. Very much a story of implementation. Thanks very much for those extremely valuable insights. Thank you very much. Thank pleasure. you very much for having us. Cheers. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, everybody.